Hello, everyone, and welcome to the More Deadly Podcast, where we review horror movies directed exclusively by women-identified directors, which prove that the female of the species is more deadly than the male. I'm your co-host, Rachel, and joining me is one of my favorite people on the entire planet. I'm talking all seven continents, the one and only Ariel. Hi. <laughs> hey, how have you been? I feel like I haven't talked to you in so long. I know, I know. Yeah, I've been good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Are things back in, back in uh, the Pacific Northwest? <laughs> Any um, spooky doings afoot? Well, okay. So oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I a couple of days ago, I thought that I had completely solved this mystery. And I was feeling very smart. <laughs> what? <laughs> but oh I think I might God. be wrong. How do you keep these things to yourself? You're so good about keeping them <laughs> under your hat till we record. Okay, okay, okay. All right, all right. Lay it out. Lay it out. Okay. So first of all, the two things that have been happening, the major things, have been weird food being delivered to my door. Yes. And bizarre things happening with my lights and television and stuff. Yes. Which so, after watching Malignant, where you're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> There's something my parents didn't tell me about my birth. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So when I got back from California, the guy upstairs was gone. Like moved and out? I thought he had moved out, but he hadn't. He just went on vacation or something. Okay, okay. So I thought he had completely moved out. It was silent upstairs, which <laughs> you were like, celebrate. So nice. <laughs> it was so nice not to have to listen to headboard noises and bad EDM music all the time. I got to tell you, it was real nice. Yeah. So I thought he was gone and I was like, okay, well maybe that's why nothing has shown up. Well, in the last he two weeks. He was the seductor. That's what Seductress? I was thinking. So I thought I had. Seducer? I don't, I don't think any of those are words. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Been a long week. <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, maybe he's just weird and it is him and he is yeah. the one leaving me things. And then yeah. I thought I had solved all of the stuff with the lights and the television too. Oh. Because, okay, hang on. I'm going to send you a picture. Ooh, yes, yes. Send me a picture. I'll describe it. Okay. Okay. One second. Sorry. I just sent it to you like a text message. Let's hope it came to me. <laughs> nope, it didn't go to desperate69.com. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, oh, whoa. Okay. Okay. So here is what I am looking at. I'm looking at the side of your apartment building. Uh, there are two boarded up doors and what appears to be evidence of some kind of fire. Yes. There is <laughs> black scorch marks coming out of the bottom window up to the top window and then melted siding dripping down yes. over both sides. <laughs> Holy shit. Holy shit. So electrical fire? Yes. Okay. 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 <laughs> so my complex has a bunch of buildings in it. And this is the building right next, like butts up against my apartment building. Okay. And there was an electrical fire and it burned all three stories of the oh, building. Shit. They had to move everybody out. And they are now replacing electrical stuff all over the complex. Yeah. Because I apparently hope to. there are issues. <laughs> well, why would that make your think change channels okay so i don't really know <laughs> but it was my theory was that the food stopped showing up because the guy was gone and had moved okay. out and that there are all these electrical issues and maybe somehow that was affecting my lights and television and that's why everything was flickering on and off and that's why the tv was changing channels and turning on and off so i was okay. like i think i solved the mystery but then two days ago the dude comes back and uh -oh. he's here again so I don't know that that really here's okay. You can't prove a negative, right? I guess but that's true. Sometimes, sometimes co a correlation is causation. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? If, if the food starts again after he returns, it's not a guarantee, but it's certainly another like, Hmm, twist your mustache, mysterious, suspicious moment. Right? Yeah. So my friend Carson had this theory because okay. I was telling him about all of this stuff. And his theory was that it's not the guy upstairs that's doing it, 
but that he had some Tinder date who doesn't know his phone number or whatever, or like can't oh, get a hold of him again. Oh, you and think can't remember? You think someone's wooing him number. with pizza? Yes, and beer <laughs> or white claws. <laughs> Whoa. And that she just keeps delivering things and she's just doing it to the wrong apartment because they all look identical. But wouldn't she know if she, well, I guess if she was drunk or something, she doesn't know if she stumbled Bingo. upstairs or not. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. Have you talked to him yet? Yeah, I mean, I talk to him every once in a while. Okay, wait, hold on. Let's, let's, has anything been deposited since you left the note saying who you were? No. Hmm, that's interesting. I wonder if that means that person was like, oh, my God, this is the wrong apartment. Right. Yeah, totally. That could be it. I don't like this answer, but I accept it as a possibility. <laughs> <laughs> there is nothing ghostly and or admiry about it. <laughs> and then since the fire happened, I haven't had any problems with my electrical until yesterday. And then it started again. But this oh, time, my TV went on and off. And the fire alarms in my apartment all started going off and then they went they stopped and i don't know what happened and then they went on again and that kept happening for like an hour and the building super guy came and looked at it and they can't figure out what the problem is Ooh, angry ghost <laughs> i've been playing a lot of phasmophobia and i can tell you poltergeist <laughs> you got a poltergeist i mean here's the thing is i think the flickering on and off tv could easily be dismissed as electrical stuff except yeah. for the fact that it's by somehow bypassing your fire tv yeah that's true there's layers of menu that you have to go through in order to reach a program so how is it managing to go from off to into a program that is a very good point yeah. So I'm true. still team ghosty. I'm still team pizza ghost. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, <laughs> I don't know. At this point, ghost. I'm thinking about taking Mars up on her offer to stake out my apartment to see if she can figure out. Like, if any more food shows up, I'm going to be like, Mars, you got to get over here. <laughs> I mean, at the very least, to find out if it's if who it is, so you know if you can eat all these free pizzas you're throwing away. Yeah, that's pizza that's a very abuse. Good point. <laughs> Do it for the sauce. I mean, a delicious cheese pizza free it delivered to your house. It was very hard to throw it away. Yeah. 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 That I would be a you. rough one. I mean, as long as, yeah, no, I'm going to stop. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know if we said that on the show, but Mars and our friend Hurley have volunteered their services for a stakeout. Yeah. So might I have think... to take them up on that. <laughs> I mean, I wonder if you can manifest something else, like red vines or something. I think maybe I'm just hungry. <laughs> all this pizza talk is also making me want red vines. <laughs> they do go well together. <laughs> right? I mean, what don't red vines go well with? Yeah. Did you ever, when you were a kid, bite off the two ends and then use it as a straw? Of course. And then you just end up eating the straw? Yes, of course. Oh, man. <laughs> I love being a kid. It was I awesome. Know, I know. <laughs> All right. Well, keep us keep us posted on Pizza Ghost. Yeah. Viva Pizza Ghost. He, I'm, I'm not ready to let him RIP yet. <laughs> okay. He must, uh, you know, what is, he must, what's the opposite of rest in peace? He must uh, um, return in pizza form? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like the opposite. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, it's all right. I was trying to do an RIP thing. Listen, like I said, it's been a long week. I'm doing my best. <laughs> <laughs> oh all right awesome so let's see what's been up with me well i had a birthday yes was, i know i wish you could have been here for it would have been so fun to have oh, you we rented a, a private pool that had like water slide yeah i basically walked in threw off my cover up and like just got in the pool and did not move for four hours they had to lure me out with cake <laughs> <laughs> i mean you could, you could give me a lot to do do amazing. a lot of stuff with cake but it was oh it was amazing amazing i was like around other humans having human interaction it was amazing it was like <laughs> know, the before so times rare. yes yeah. yes now, it was incredible i have a question okay was never nude rachel yes. wearing a three or four piece bathing suit situation you will be so proud of me i was okay. wearing three <laughs> <laughs> amazing my tops my bottoms and my other bottoms <laughs> 
Because you got to have the second layer. <laughs> yes, but I, I thought about wearing the rash guard and I took the rash guard off. Okay. okay? All right. Okay. That's, that is progress. I will and give that was, to you. It was very upsetting. My boobs were floating everywhere, but I just <laughs> powered through and it was I mean, still that amazing. sounds like a positive, not a negative. I don't know. <laughs> I like I'm settled. You know, like go in your home, stay in your home. I don't like them floating around trying to escape and say hello. Get in there. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Never nude. Uh, definitely was continues to never be nude, but okay. I'm slightly more nude than usual <laughs> than when I go to swim with the old ladies at the at the local pool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I, I felt like that was progress. Maybe yeah, some, maybe someday progress. I'll get down to a two a two or three or even one piece situation. But yeah, for now, you could do a one piece situation. Trace, situ- trace. Okay. Usually, I also have shoes on, water shoes on. I didn't have those on either. Oh, so wow. I really feel you like I made some. Out. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I was like, I was practically nude for me. Okay, that's naked for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was awesome! That was so so much fun. Good. I cannot recommend it enough. We, it. There's this app. We didn't. This is obviously not an advertisement because <laughs> we have no advertisers. But there's this app. I mean, this is a public service announcement called Swimply, oh. where you can rent. People rent out their pools. So, like, if somebody has a pool in their backyard, they can rent it out, like Airbnb, for a couple of hours. That's so cool. I did not know that. Yeah. So that's what, that's what we did. So the owner like came out and socially distanced, told us where the noodles were and how to work the grill and then disappeared the rest of the time. So nice. this one had a bathroom and a nice grill and a table and chairs and all that kind of stuff. So oh, that's we, so cool. Yeah. So everybody brought stuff to throw on the grill, essentially. Uh-huh. So we had like burgers and shish kebabs and Matilda made, believe it or not, the most amazing tofu. I, I like, believe that. She's a good cook. It was, it was some like lemongrass magic that Ooh. I was just like, can I just eat all the tofu? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was really, really fun. I, I highly recommend it. If you can, if you have a pool in your area that you can rent for a couple of hours, do that shit. That is great. Social distance, outdoor activity, you could do with friends. Feels like the before times. Oh, that's so great. I'm glad you got to do that. Yeah, that was really fun. All right, enough of our nonsense. Let's talk about what we're going to be talking about today. So now this was a me pick. It's a movie called Martyr's Lane, directed by Ruth Platt. And we're going to be talking about all the things that happen in this movie. But before we do that, what's our spoiler policy? All right, so... Rachel is going to give you some information about the director and the production of the movie. And then we are Mm -hmm. going to give you a non-spoiler review Mm -hmm. where we'll tell you whether this movie is worth checking out or not. And then after that, we're going to spoil the whole movie. We're going to talk about all the ups and downs. Yes. Even in my synopsis, I'm going to spoil the shit out of the movie. So just be forewarned. (laughs) Yes. We'll we'll give you a spoiler warning. Don't worry. Don't worry. All right, so let's talk a little bit about the director and the background for this movie. So Ruth Platt is a British director, writer, and actor. She studied English literature at the University College of Oxford. Fancy, very fancy. Ooh, yeah. And won a scholarship for to the Royal Academy of Art, which again. Smarty pants. Fancy, fancy. Yeah. After two years, she ended up leaving the Academy, though, because she, one, got an agent, and two, decided to set up her own theater company. Did I mention? Fancy. fancy. Wow. (laughs) At this theater company, she adapted Richard III and Hauptmann's Lonely Lies, both of which she also starred in, and both of which won Time Out Critics' Choice Awards. Damn. That's a good way to start a career. Yes. She also acted in film and TV, including The Pianist by Roman Polanski, but whatever, (laughs) Um, and several other TV and film projects. Wait, can I tell you one of the things I know she was in? What? Rosemary in Time. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I saw you that love on that IMDb. show. I love that show. <laughs> You're like, hey, I know you. <laughs> All of which she put on pause for a few years to raise her family. And now she is back and behind the camera. Unlike so many directors that we've featured on the show before her, Murder's Lane is actually not her first feature film. Oh, okay. Yes, it's actually her third. Whoa. 
I know. So Platt cut her directorial teeth on it first on a few shorts. Then she had her first feature film, which was called The Lesson, which is a horror film about two sort of delinquity students who run across a teacher who is pretty much at his breaking points and decides, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to abduct these kids. So that sounds interesting. Yeah. And then she <laughs> followed that with a dark comedy called The Black Forest about two families who go on vacation together and uh, things take a turn and get super awky. Yikes. Yeah. So with Margaret's Lane, she returned to the horror genre. Yay. And she developed the film with the help of the British Film Institute. She wrote and directed it. And it's actually based on a short film that she did and that she also developed for the BFI as sort of a proof of concept. So she wanted to kind of show them the tone of the film, what it would look like, show there was some, you know, it was kind of a hard sell because it had two children as the lead. So she kind of needed to show why it would work with such a tricky pitch. Obviously they liked it and they commissioned, they greenlit the the feature version. While the movie is not based on Platt's life, she says it is somewhat autobiographical. Like the lead in the movie, Leah, Platt grew up in a vicarage. Oh, interesting. Right? And she said she infused a lot of elements from her actual childhood into the story. For one thing, she had both siblings and parents that were quite a bit older than average. I think she was a little bit of a oops, baby. Gotcha. Uh I say that with love as an oops, baby myself. (laughs) (laughs) And the result was that she spent a lot of her childhood feeling kind of alone in her home. In the same way as Leah, and we'll get into this, a lot of her life took place with her sort of listening in on conversations of adults and kind of piecing things things together by listening to those conversations okay that makes so much sense right so she that definitely played into the creation of this character in this story and also even though platt is now an atheist growing up she heard a lot about a lot of the mythology around things like hauntings and exorcism were things that were definitely discussed in her home and became a part of her childhood imagination gotcha yeah i imagine they would is this all clicking into play? Yeah. <laughs> so Martyrs Lane is also kind of her take on a gothic ghost story. And mm-hmm. she took a lot of inspiration from Guillermo del Toro, specifically The Devil's Backbone, uh, which have you ever seen that? Yes. Such a good oh, movie. <laughs> such a great movie. And I can definitely see the influence here. Oh, yeah. And she wanted to kind of make an English version of these Spanish ghost stories if you think about like the orphanage is another mm-hmm. one right yeah yeah i can see that so but all of this meant that she was actually going to be directing children fortunately for platt she actually really likes directing children oh that is lucky <laughs> yes but finding the perfect children for these roles was not easy she said that in all she probably saw about 500 kids for the roles oh my god that sounds awful and exhausting i cannot imagine having to do that with 500 children 500 children so she needed them to not only be good in the audition but she had to find two actors who were good and had the right chemistry Mm -hmm. and she said that she would pair that she'd find ones she liked and she would pair them up in different combinations and even the girls who finally ultimately were cast really only worked when they were together oh interesting yeah So that's, and I think that's something we'll definitely talk about when we get into the actual review. I personally feel like that work paid off, but Mm -hmm. we'll get there. As for what Platt is up to next, she hasn't really spoken about anything specific. She just says that she's been writing a lot. And hopefully that means we're going to have something new on the horizon. We shall see. But yeah, that's pretty much all I've got for Martyr's Lane, except for that it is currently available on Shudder. So you can put it in your eyeballs right now. Awesome. Thank you. For sure. All right, let's get into this review. What did you, in a non-spoilery way, feel about Martyrs Lane? Okay, so I think that there are a lot of things that are really great about this movie. You were just talking about the kid actors, and I think they're pretty phenomenal. I tend to not like all kid actors. I think that it's rare that there's a really good one. I think that they usually are too precocious or they overact or... They're too theater kitty. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I feel like these kids didn't fall into that trap. And they, like you were saying, they have really good chemistry. Yes. And that's important because so much of the movie is about these kids. So, oh, yeah. I mean, 
all that work paid off because it would have epically failed otherwise. It's a very sweet kind of emotionally driven family story. And I think that all of the actors did a really good job feeling like they were actually family. Yeah. It's quiet, contemplative, moody. And I do think that those gothic horror story, ghost story elements shine through in this one. It does feel like that kind of either a gothic ghost story or a fairy tale. Mm-hmm. I would say, though, as a warning, it is very slowly paced. There are very few traditional scares in yeah. this one. There's a handful of jump scares. Yeah. <laughs> and a little bit of body horror. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I, I think overall, I liked this movie. There are just there are certain things about it that didn't completely win me over, but yeah. I did enjoy it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I see the phrase dark fairy tale bandied about this movie mm-hmm. a lot. And I feel like that is definitely accurate. Yeah. If you enjoy a dark fairy tale. This one, it is both fantastical, but deeply grounded in reality. There's something we'll get into the architecture of the home probably in the larger one, but there there's kind of almost two things happening here, depending on which floor of the house you're on. Yeah. There's a family drama downstairs and sort of a supernatural mystery upstairs. It's just like an interesting sort of dichotomy. I enjoyed this. I think in large part because I do have such a soft spot for these gothic ghost ghost stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think if you take that and then layer religious mythology and tense mother-daughter dynamics on top of it, you know, there's just going to be a lot of there there for me. I think like you, I have some quibbles that we'll get into in the spoiler review. But overall, I think if you're in the mood for something that is moody and kind of quiet and largely with the exception of maybe one or two scenes very subtle in its storytelling i think you could definitely get under a cozy weighted blanket and really kind of lose yourself in this movie yeah i mean i think it's a good fall movie as stuff starts getting colder and darker out you know yeah 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 get yourself a nice little pumpkin spice tea snuggle up under a weighted blanket and just kind of sink into this movie i think that's the that's my best recommendation for how to enjoy it this isn't a group watch this isn't like a half-ass watch where you kind of look at your phone you got to be willing to just be present and i think you'll get your maximum experience in that that way of viewing yeah yeah i agree with that And I think there are some really great performances that you would miss out on otherwise. The girls are really great, but also the mother, Sarah, uh, played by Denise Go. I think that's how you say her name. G-O-U-G-H? Yeah. Goff? Go? Goof? One of those. Probably not Goof. But not goof? Okay. <laughs> We're gonna go with go. <laughs> she is really incredible in this as someone who's just sort of just hanging on to buy her fingernails. Yes. But also there is this movie plays a little bit with who your sort of antagonist is. And so she has the there is some degree of sinister to her that really works. Yeah, because I think what she's going through we don't know fully what it is in the beginning and we're seeing everything through the child's perspective who's kind yeah. of trying to piece it together. And so some of her actions that make more sense later on can seem a little sinister because you're looking at it from the daughter's perspective. Definitely. So, so yeah, I think if for the performances alone, it's worth a watch, but I also think that there is like, if you love those Spanish ghost stories or gothic kind of, ghost story but set in a contemporary time if that sounds appealing to you you're gonna have a good time with martyr's lane i think i think it's for you Mm -hmm. all right cool so i think we're both like yeah recommend right yeah okay good 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 all right now we are going to get into spoiler territory you have our recommendations you got the vibe you know where the strengths of this movie lie In order to get in-depth, we're going to have to spoil some things. So if you don't want spoilers, go watch the movie now. It's on Shudder. Come back because we are about to discuss it in depth, starting with Ariel's synopsis. All right. So Martyr's Lane is about a 10-year-old little girl named Leah who lives with her mother, her father, and teenage sister in a large old house that's part of a vicarage. Leah is often left to her own devices as her mother seems withdrawn and her older sister 
either ignores her or treats her like crap. Mm -hmm. So her mother has a locket that contains a lock of hair that seems to mean a lot to her. And unfortunately, Leah steals it and then loses the lock of hair. And her mom becomes distraught thinking the hair is gone. Yeah. When she's running around the church looking for it, you're like, oh, man. I know. It's heartbreaking. At night, Leah starts getting visits from a little girl who crawls through her window looking for warmth and someone to play with. And they play games. And then at the end of each night, she gives Leah a clue about where the lock of hair might be before she leaves out the window again. As the film progresses, we come to realize that the little girl who's been visiting Leah is in fact the ghost of her sister who was killed in a car accident right before Leah was born. The film then ends with Leah's grief-stricken mother jumping out the window and taking her own life in order to be with her dead daughter-ish. Yeah. (laughs) It's not played exactly that way, but that's what happens. Yeah. (laughs) That's what happens. (laughs) All right, Ariel. Now, with all the spoiler breaks taken off, tell me what worked for you about Murder's Lane. All right. So, like I was saying before, I think the child actors in this are so good and they are so often terrible that I was really pleasantly surprised by this. Oh, yeah. Because both of them are so good and they feel very grounded as little kids. I mean, Leah is the movie, basically. I mean, we get glimpses into what's happening with the family, but for the majority of the movie, we're following this little 10-year-old girl around. And then we spend a lot of time with her interactions with the ghost girl. And so if that had not worked, this would have been a bad movie. So I think that all of Ruth Platt's work and going Mm -hmm. through 500 kids was well worth it because these kids are asked to do a lot, too. I mean, we don't know exactly what's going on and we're just seeing everything happening through Leah's perspective. And so if it had been off at all, I feel like it would have failed and instead i think it's really interesting the way that we get information through her eyes i think it makes the movie more compelling and more interesting to see how these sort of big issues that this family is dealing with and have tried to sweep under the rug for years are kind of bubbling up and she's getting glimpses of it i think that makes it really interesting and sort of our discovery of what the truth is more interesting because of it Mm mm-hmm I really did enjoy the fact that it felt like a gothic horror story, gothic fairy tale. I think that the what you were saying about the house is totally true. It kind of becomes its own character in a sense. Mm-hmm. And all of her scenes where she's sort of out in the garden too felt very fairy tale to me, dark fairy yes. tale. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially when she's on these little scavenger hunts. Right, exactly. Or with the, exactly. with the you know, the girl ending everything with the little refrain about like what you, uh, if you go out here, you'll find what's lost. It all feels, yeah, I don't know. I That's one of my favorite things about the movie is when it dips into the fairy tale. Yeah, aspects. and I think that part of it is one of the most successful ways in which it does it. Because every time this little ghost girl gives her a clue you think she's going to find the locket and sometimes you even or the lock of hair excuse me and sometimes you even think that she's found it for instance when she finds that doll you just Mm -hmm. see the little curl of blonde hair and you think she's got it but it turns out not to be it and every time it turns out not to be it and you don't know what it really is it sort of builds that tension and that creep factor as she's finding these different objects and kind of hoarding them in this box and trying to find out what they mean And the fact that, you know, her mom's missing this button and then she finds the button and then what happens with the button? (laughs) Yeah, the button is bad times. Yeah. I got to say, though, I feel like that mom overreacted just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I think so as well. (laughs) Because, I mean, did she unless she saw the ghost. Oh, shit. That hadn't even occurred to me because I was just thinking, I mean, she almost acted the way her face was the way I was reading her actions and like the way her face looked was as though she thought they had been abusive or neglectful in some way when it's just this button, you know, your kid happened upon. I mean, that happens with babies and toddlers and stuff. Yeah. I mean, like but maybe if she saw she the is, button on yeah. the sweater and then thought she did it on purpose. Maybe. Cause it was shortly after Leah had sewn this, the button with the like right, brightly colored thread, thread on the sweater. Yeah. That's true. So maybe, I don't know. I mean, Maybe yeah. the mom read it as something more sinister than I was 
picturing. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. So I also really thought it was interesting to have a film that's exploring grief and death of a young child being told from a young child's perspective. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. we get that a lot where it's a story, you know, focused on the adults. And so a lot of it is them talking and processing and arguing and things like that. And here you're just getting little bits of it from Leah's perspective. One of my favorite parts about the movie or one of my favorite scenes, I should say, is the mom's reaction when they go to that that woman's house and she sees the woman's son. So at this point, I think that as an audience, we know that she's lost a child. Yes. I think that that's pretty clear. But we Mm -hmm. don't know exactly how it happened or why she is mad at this woman and won't take the cake. Because in the beginning, it almost seems like She's just a mean mom, you know, right, <laughs> won't right. let her daughter eat this cake and throws it away. But when you get there, they get to that house and the woman who owns the house, her son is there and the mom sees the son and you just see it wash over her face. Right. And it's so subtle and really authentic. And in that moment, I instantly knew, oh, fuck, he hit that kid with a car, didn't he? Yeah. He killed the yep. kid. Yeah. I instantly knew it. And I think that means that the writing was successful and the direction was super successful because yes. you, I mean, you just know everything and it's just a 30 second thing yeah. that happened. It's almost a shame later, later that we get the flashback because I actually think that the telling of it in this moment is so well done. Me too. I didn't need the flashback. I, I found myself piecing it all together in yeah. that moment. Martyr's Lane, the, ro- the road where the dog almost got hit. It all just like click, 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 clicked into ba- place for me. It was yeah. such a great reveal. And the performance of her just seeing her right after Rachel had said, there's someone that she hates even more than you and your father. Yeah. And then we get introduced to that character and you're like, oh, it's just really great writing. Yeah. Yeah, it's really great writing because so often with things like this, you do have to have your hand held a little bit more because the writing isn't as good. Uh But here it was I was amazed at how quickly I just knew everything. Right. You know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, without them mm -hmm. saying a word. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, the other thing is just the ghost girl. I mean, I think that her look is really cool. You know, she starts out and you think that she's this sort of sweet little girl who You don't really know exactly what the deal is, but she just looks like she's cold and not well taken care of. But as the movie goes along, each time she comes for her nightly visit, she becomes more bedraggled and more kind of decomposed looking Mm -hmm, where mm -hmm. she gets those sort of black veins and the gray under her eyes. And I think that it's like a really nice build up to that scene where, you know, she's trying to tear through the sheets, I think, Mm -hmm. and get to Leah and then you see that sort of dark, aggressive flash against, you know, on her yes. face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I thought all that was really cool. Yeah. So I know we talked about how Devil's Backbone is a big influence in this. I can't find myself thinking about the Babadook, but that this is the Babadook from the child's perspective instead of the mother's perspective. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. I hadn't thought about that, but yeah. 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 There's similar themes, including maternal ambivalence towards a surviving child. Right. And so in the movie, you empathize much, much more with the mother because the mother so, or the child so obnoxious. But instead, <laughs> we get the we get the opposite angle here, right? Right. By the end of the Babadook, I know everybody hates him because he does. The, and there's all the memes of screaming like, "Why can't you be normal?" But by the end of the movie, my heart breaks for that child. But whatever. oh yeah. In this one, it does the opposite, right? We get the monstrous mother with the throwing away of the cake and the obvious ambivalence towards her, and the fact. A lot of the dynamic between her and her mother is evident in the way that Leah seems to fear her. She's mm-hmm. afraid to talk to her. She goes into her room at night while she's sleeping to be close to her and to look at this mysterious locket. She takes the lock of hair out of no malice. She's just so curious because there's this gulf of knowledge but also emotional connectedness between her and her mother. Right. And the second she thinks her mom's going to catch her with the lock of hair... I mean, her reaction is because she's so scared of what her exactly. mom might do if she caught her. Yeah. Exactly. And so it's it's interesting because they do kind of set her up as to be sort of monstrous mother, right? I mean, ultimately, that's not where this goes. But there right. is a little – that's where it feels like the tension is until the little girl shows up. Yeah. And I think the little girl who plays Rachel, Sienna Sayre, is amazing in this because she's this little – 
cherub-faced angel child who manages over the course of the film to portray a degree of sinisterness that you would not expect from her. It comes from a place of horizontal hostility and the introduction of the uncanny and almost a knowledge beyond her years. Yeah. And so you feel there's a disadvantage of power towards Leah that this little sweet-faced girl is able to pull off. It's really impressive in my opinion. Yeah, I'm I honestly was blown away by both of them. They're both mm-hmm. so good and completely successfully carry this film. It's mm-hmm. kind of amazing. Yeah. So like Platt and the Leah character, I kind of alluded to this earlier i was also a late addition to my family Uh, Uh and i had to do a lot of eavesdropping on adult conversations Mm -hmm. and puzzling things together and you know none of them were this tragic right but i was listening to conversations that my parents maybe or family members would not necessarily had had i know i was there or thought that i could understand what's going on and i think it's kind of where i learned my love of being a fly on the wall and being super nosy is probably Uh from this it's a little bit of a find yourself friday moment but whatever Um, (laughs) and so i found myself really identifying with leah and really investing in her beyond just being a cute little kid in ways that i had not expected to especially because you know me like you i'm like kid actors this is gonna be rough it Mm -hmm. also probably doesn't hurt that she is named after the same bible story as i am oh (laughs) which is central to this movie right is the the two sisters leah and rachel and in the you know the story you do right no okay that's right that's cool i'll tell you so basically leah and rachel were sisters rachel's the younger sister leah was the older sister so that's a little bit of a flip-flop here but why this is relevant is that jacob wanted to marry rachel he was in love with rachel and so or her father said you can marry her but you have to work seven years for me first so he works the seven years the wedding night comes he marries who he thinks is rachel only to get into bed and reveal it's leah oh shit so not oh. the wife he wanted so then he went back to jake and was like you tricked me i want to marry rachel she's the one i love and he's like well you can marry her if you work for me for seven more years So he works for her for seven more years and finally marries Rachel, and he's so happy. But the problem is God feels bad for Leah, so he blesses her with all the children. Oh. Oh, whoa, what's going on upstairs at your place? I don't know. (laughs) Sounds like someone has picked up, like, a a bass. Is playing the bass? I think it might be his television. Slapping the bass. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it sounds like over here. (laughs) Anyway, so the point is, is Leah is the unloved sibling, right? And so in this movie, even though she's the younger sister, she's the unloved sibling in this dynamic between the two of them. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Again, smart writing, I think. Yeah. Yeah, Um, absolutely. The body horror in this was, in my opinion, pretty freaking great specifically when she reveals her angel wing nubs and it said it's just a rotting rib cage with maggots in it oh yeah that was good real yeah, gross yeah real and there's something it, more traumatizing about it being on the back of such a tiny cute little girl right right i wasn't expecting that i didn't know what to expect but maggots was not what i was expecting and i thought the performance by both the girls in that moment as well was really strong the horror that you see on Kira Thompson's face, but while trying to hide it. Yeah. And the other girl's sort of denial of what's happening there. I don't know. Pretty great. Uh, I enjoyed the treasure hunt aspect of it. I found that to be, you know, this is a slowly paced movie, but I enjoyed kind of the cycle of that, the repetition of that, and then the discoveries. And they were these creepy little treasure hunts that I could imagine finding as a kid and putting all kinds of significance or import on. It's the kind of thing that as a kid, I would have loved to have happened. I don't Mm -hmm. know. Yeah. Yeah. And we talked a little bit about the house, obviously. I almost feel like the house belongs in two different time periods. Downstairs is this sort of contemporary family drama. And then upstairs is this old-timey ghost story, both of which speak to me. And weirdly, I do think work together pretty well in this movie. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Definitely. Oh, and then the bowl of teeth. Ugh, so Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It is a little disturbing. Yeah. But when they go skittering across the floor and and the dad has to pick him up. Yeah. Ooh, it's so upsetting. (laughs) 
And then I guess lastly, I just really liked the way, again, that sort of Christian mythology is infused into this. And I think, again, it comes back to Ruth Platt's background, having grown up in a vicarage, that it starts with this Bible verse about, you know, welcome strangers into your home because you never know, you may have hosted angels. And then it totally flips that story on its head, right? Yeah. Because she shows up in the appearance of an angel, but really she is the stranger you should not let in. Yeah. It's pretty great. So yeah, overall, I think there's a lot of really great stuff about this. I think the direction is solid. I think the writing is really good. I think the performances are really strong. I do have some issues as we get into the final act that we need to talk about. But overall, I think there's a lot of things in this movie to recommend it, especially if you like sort of a a slow gothic ghost story, which I do. Yeah. Uh Is somebody upstairs slapping the bass again? (laughs) Because I hear you keep muting. (laughs) I don't know what's going on up there, honestly. I'm not sure what's happening. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to keep it from distracting you. No, but... <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It just makes me curious. Like, what's he up to up there? Okay. I think we probably don't want to know. That's my honest opinion. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Let's get into maybe some things that did not work. I think we're going to have to talk about the ending for sure. Yes. There's one moment where this movie issues its subtlety and it's a shame because it's up until this point so deliberately and beautifully sort of all the reveals are revealed Mm -hmm. and like with a couple of sort of you know punches of supernatural horror like the eyes changing when she's clawing through the blanket right and that is demon child wind (laughs) i don't like demon child wind (laughs) how do you feel about demon child wind yeah i mean it's used a lot. Yeah. And it's I don't think it's that effective. It's kind of, I mean, it feels like the search for an exclamation point where one was not needed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's too bad because I do think that a lot of the ghost elements in this movie actually work pretty well. I mean, you're not going to be shaking. This movie isn't going to really scare you. It's just going to unsettle you. But I do think that most of those ghosty moments worked well for me, mm-hmm. except mm-hmm. for that one. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's why it's, it's, it's an outlier because I think everything else is so good. Yeah. So I, I know we both agree we have some things about the ending. Is there anything else you wanted to – were there any other things that didn't work for you? Yeah. So you touched on it already. I don't think that flashback was necessary. I think mm-hmm. the combination of the scene where we get the mom's reaction coupled with her just finding an object near the road – was enough for, I think, everybody in the audience to have put the pieces together. So I think that it kind of dumbs it down a little when it didn't need to. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about the end a little bit. Let's talk about the end. All right, so the mother... I don't know how I feel about the mother falling out the window. On one hand, I think you and I both, we talked about this actually in a different movie, that we enjoy kind of a dark, sort of nasty ending to horror movies, typically. Uh Uh, Yeah. And and so I applaud this movie for not being saccharine or overly sentimental in the way that it wraps the movie up. But I also I feel I don't know how I feel about the mother choosing to lean into her grief and sacrifice her life, leaving behind two, not one, but two living daughters. Right. I think in reality, that is certainly a thing that happens. People are overcome by grief and they never come back from it. And I have deep deep sympathy for that but there was just something about it it's not sitting totally well with me how about you yeah so i felt pretty mixed about it because of, of some of the same things you were saying and i think on the one hand as a gothic ghost story slash fairy tale i think it actually kind of makes sense because you often have endings where not just in movies but in literature where the thing that's happening is really sad and depressing but it's sort of coded in something kind of more positive or sweeter and sometimes with like a bit of ambivalence about how you read it right Mm -hmm. and I think this has a little bit of that where yes she's jumping out a window to kill herself so that she can be with her dead daughter but it's not filmed in a dark way at all it's filmed in a way that's it's lighter, like she's going off to heaven or something with the little girl. Do you know what uh-huh. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And so there's part of that where I feel like it kind of fits in with what the director was going for. Mm-hmm. But 
it's like on the one hand that's super dark that she left her daughters behind especially one as young as her youngest daughter was she was like me pick a child yeah right (laughs) sophie's choice but i'm gonna pick the one that's already dead yeah that's dark but there was i know you said it wasn't saccharine but i almost feel like there was a kind of saccharine coding to how it was filmed that's fair yeah yeah i see what you're saying i just meant she opted for the dark answer oh yeah 100 <laughs> she opted for the dark answer <laughs> but so it's like i'm of two minds about it because on the one hand i appreciate when when artists are willing to go for that darker ending but then because it was filmed in this kind of candy coated way Mm-hmm. It's like, does it I kind of undercut the emotional aspect of that? Because it's not as though we sort of see it in Leah's mind's eye or something as this sort of beautiful thing. But then the reality of the camera shows us that she's, for instance, dead on the ground, you know, below the window. Yeah, right, which right, Which would have right. been really dark or done kind of a St. Maud thing, you know, where you have a camera flash right. showing the reality versus the sort of religious version. Yeah, I think you're I think you're right about that. I also just I kind of my question is, where does this leave Leah's arc? Where are we at with Leah when we leave this movie? Do we feel like she had any resolution? I don't. I I mean, I think that she has resolution in that she understands why her mom has acted the way she's acted for so long. Yeah, I guess that's true. And sort of why she has felt this coldness and this distance and this sadness kind of radiating off her mother and why the relationship, you know, is sort of strained between the mother and the father and maybe even why the older sister is sometimes cruel to her. But she doesn't have a traditional wrap up of her character arc. I think that you're right. right about that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I guess that's true. Every story has a happy or a sand- sad ending. It just depends on where you end it. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm like, that's true. Sure. So I, I guess I was trying to be like, okay, so we this is where we're ending it. And I want to know what I think, why, why this is the moment. What is being said by selecting this particular moment? And I, I'm still kind of like, eh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Like, what is the director trying to say about grief and loss by ending it there? I mean, and the fact, like I said, that is a reality. Sometimes the grief wins. Yeah. So maybe, maybe that. I don't know, man. I feel bad for Leah. That poor kid. She's just like, in the end, she's like, okay, so my mom has never wanted me. And now I know why. And she would rather die. she still doesn't want me. Right? (laughs) Me or my older sister. Like, it's brutal, man. It's rough stuff. That is brutal. That is a brutal ending. And that's the thing that I find so confusing about it and why I felt so weird at the end. Because I do appreciate that darkness that the... The director was willing to go somewhere really dark, but I was just thrown by the way it was filmed. That's fair. It, it just has this this sweetness that I kind of didn't feel like quite belonged there. But I also, like intellectually, I think I understand what she was going for in regards yeah. to it being a gothic ghost story. Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, that is, it's not totally outside the tropes of the genre, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. You know, you think about, what is it, Jane Eyre? think about that ending yeah <laughs> you know i guess it i guess it does it does track it works okay all right fine i'm on board again oh god <laughs> and i'm also just thinking about the orphanage oh my oh, god talk so about a gut punch ending oh. yeah yeah i guess this is going for the gut punch all right cool 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 all right so overall your recommendation so i would i definitely think this movie is worth watching i think that it's got this sort of really great emotional storyline and really good kid actors like we were saying but just know what you're getting into this is a slow moving movie not a lot happens there aren't mm-hmm. a lot of action beats in this and the ghost story elements are somewhat subdued if you're you're not don't go into this expecting the conjuring you know what oh, i mean no 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 absolutely this not. is a different kind of movie mm-hmm there's this movie called The Dark that I really liked about these two kids. One of them is a zombie and the other one is a kid that was kidnapped and blinded by a pedophile that finds oh, each shit. other. Oh, shit. I don't think I've seen that. It's pretty great, but it is in this similar vein to this. Mm-hmm. So okay. I think I do have – there's a part of things that I like. There's a little niche where it's like traumatized gothic child ghost story i don't know so there yeah. is, i think if the if you liked the dark you will like this movie like myself but i do think it is definitely worth a watch if you're in the mood for something kind of atmospheric and uh you just want to 
kind of get lost in a little bit of a yarn, I think there's good stuff to be had here. And I, I'm excited to see what she does next for sure. Yeah, I mean, she can get these kind of performances yeah. out of actors. And the fact that she wrote and directed this makes mm -hmm. me think she could do some pretty great things. I just hope she sticks with horror. Me too. <laughs> Selfishly. Well, I hope two out of three ain't bad, right? Yeah. Two out of three ain't yeah. bad. All right. Awesome. Okay, cool. So for those of you at home who watched it, maybe you have some thoughts. Maybe we totally missed the mark and all the metaphors were... And we need to hear about it. You can drop us a line at Rachel at zombiegirls.com, G-R-R-L-Z.com. Or you can come chat with us over on the Zombie Girls Facebook page. You can also find us on Instagram at ZG Podcasts or, or on Twitter at ZG Podcast Singular. And if you enjoy it, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you get your pods. If you're looking for something spooky to watch tonight, you've already watched, because you've already watched Mars Lane, obviously. So if you're looking for something else spooky to watch, you can head over to our video on demand and streaming calendar over on the Zombie Girls website where we keep track of everything that is horror and horror adjacent coming to streaming and video on demand. Definitely going to want to check that out. If you want to... Uh, Really elevate your wardrobe. Take your Luke, L-E-W-K, Luke to the next level. You should definitely check out our merch at zombiegirls.com forward slash merch. And if you love us and you want to support us, you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash zombiegirls. Where yes. all of your episodes <laughs> will be extended. Ariel. There oh, are, wait, hold on. And there are also bonus episodes and just a little sort of sneak peek into what we're doing next. We're going to be oh. recording a bonus episode <laughs> where I will be drinking one of the mysterious White Claws on air. So. That is true. We're going to find out if it was spiked in yeah. real time. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's, and it's actually perfect for the theme of that bonus episode. We're going to be playing a game called Bad Choices. Oh, shit. <laughs> and we're going to start it off with Ariel making one of those bad choices. <laughs> <laughs> all right so what about this extended episode what are we gonna be doing on this extended episode so the last extended episode we did we gave each other quizzes about yeah. cults and uh -huh. everybody on the discord seemed to really enjoy hearing about that and then taking the quizzes themselves yes, yes they did a lot of yeah. jim joneses in our crew <laughs> a disturbing number of jim joneses <laughs> basically don't take a drink from anyone on the discord is what i'm saying right exactly <laughs> and a surprising number of people who would in fact join a cult too. yes <laughs> i think we're all ready for that socialist utopia apparently right, i don't know right. <laughs> so this time we're going to be giving each other more quizzes only this time they're going to be ghost related Ooh. i'm going to be giving you a quiz that will determine which type of ghost you would be in the afterlife <laughs> <laughs> the one that's flipping on the tv and, and ordering pizza <laughs> And then you're going to give me a short quiz that will determine whether my house is haunted. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, I'm excited. Okay, good, 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 good. Awesome. So, yes, definitely you're going to want to hear that. So subscribe to the Patreon. Stay tuned after the music to get a little sneak peek of what that will sound like. So you can get a little tease. Obviously, if you join the Patreon, you can also hop on our Discord with us, which is hopping and fun. You definitely want yeah. to be a part of that. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm We're on there basically all day. Yeah, we are. <laughs> it's really fun. <laughs> Anywho, uh, next episode. This is an aerial pick. Can I also, before we get into what we're going to be watching next time, do a little plug of my own? Yeah, duh. So Rachel and I decided that we are going to be covering Candyman in a future episode once it comes out on VOD and more yes. people can see it. Because I know yes. everybody's really limited to not maybe going to the theater. Not everybody has that option. I, however, was able to go and see it. And so I did a guest hosting spot on yes. Bloody Good Horror. So if you want to hear some of my preliminary thoughts about the movie, you can go head over there and listen to the episode. You should. It's great. She's funny. Thank you. She gets really good questions in the Q&A section. Oh, my end. God. <laughs> I don't know what's so funny. I thought they were very good questions. Yeah, you guys should go listen to it and listen all the way to the end because Rachel was a little surprising. I said, ha I mean, it said hashtag definitely not Rachel in the text. <laughs> 
Yes, definitely. I mean, you should also be subscribed to Bloody Good Horror anyway. Our good friend Caitlin is is one of the hosts. Our good friend Elizabeth is frequently on the show. We are literally longtime total BGH stands. Oh, yeah. So you should be listening to them anyway. So and now you get to hear Ariel and myself occasionally over there. So that'll be yeah. fun. I mean, if they ever yeah. let me come back after I <laughs> took up for Spiral. <laughs> I, can, I can see them not wanting me back after that hot take, but whatever. Oh I stand God. by it. <laughs> but they have to have their resident saw expert. <laughs> who am I? I look in the mirror and I'm just despondent. Like, I don't even know who you are. <laughs> All right. Take us out. Or no, no. What are we watching for the next episode? Hi guys, it's Ariel. I'm just jumping in really quick to give you an update. Rachel and I had originally planned to review a different movie for next episode, but we just found out that Candyman is hitting VOD in a couple of days. So instead, we are going to be reviewing Candyman, directed by Nia DaCosta, and I'm just going to read you the synopsis real quick. So in present day, a decade after the last of the Cabrini Towers were torn down, Anthony and his partner move into a loft in the now gentrified Cabrini when a chance encounter with an old timer exposes Anthony to the true story behind Candyman. So I'm super excited for you guys to see this one and really thrilled that I'm going to be able to finally hear Rachel's thoughts about it. So with that being said, I'm going to let you guys get back to the rest of the episode. Awesome. All right. Well, before we have to hear any more of your neighbor upstairs slash maybe secret admirer slap at the base, let's <laughs> wrap it up. Ariel, take us out. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to another episode of the More Deadly Podcast. We really appreciate your support and we hope you liked this one and we'll catch you next time. All right. Bye, guys. Bye, everybody. Thanks, everybody, for listening and to my co-host and good friend Ariel for always teaching me something new. Production on this episode was done by yours truly and edited by Ariel. Our theme song for the show is More Deadly by DJ Sharden. Hello, everyone, and welcome to More Deadly After Dark. Ooh, spooky doings. And spooky <laughs> doings are afoot because we are going to be taking some very illuminating quizzes. Yes, we are. I think with all of the paranormal activity, potential paranormal <laughs> activity around you, I think we have no choice but to turn to the science of the internet to find out just how worried we should be. Now. Like, like I said, I am a, I am a, I'm basically a professional ghost hunter because I have been playing Phasmophobia on professional for months. So <laughs> I, I know how so to. You're use, really good at it now. I well. <laughs> I mean, I've done it a lot of times. <laughs> <laughs> so I know how to use the like uh, UV light and the spirit box and the ghost writing book. And um, I know oh, my hauntu. Right. I know my hauntus from my yokais. Okay, listen. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it was just a matter of time until I use this this hard earned expertise uh, on the podcast. <laughs> To get down to the truth behind the spooky duetry that has been uh, haunting you. Is okay. it an electrical fire waiting to happen? <laughs> Is it a, a you know, a, a broody lovelorn ghost? Is it uh, a, a slap at a base upstairs neighbor <laughs> who wants to slap at a vag? Or is oh it... Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Or, you know, is it like some ghosty bro who's just like, I just want to eat rest or watch eat wrestling, watch wrestling and eat the pizza. Or is it the pizza ghost? He just what wants if, to have the tomato sauce. <laughs> what if there's the a bro ghost that's living in my apartment who keeps turning the television on and ordering their own food? That's what, what I'm that's saying. It? What if it's not meant for me? Ah, I know. Like, I mean, here's the thing: is if that's the case, at least he has good taste, right? Like, but he's got to like hook you up with some chos, dude. Like, you need some nachos or at least some tachos. You know, like something, something. Come on, bro. Like some wings. Can we get some wings up here? Drumettes only. <laughs> I'm hungry. I can tell. <laughs> oh, dude, I could go for some drumettes right. Wow, dude. That mm. does sound really good. Spicy, dip it in the in the ranch. Mm, 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 mm. Mm. <laughs>
I just also oh, remember geez. that I have birthday cake in the fridge. Oh, yeah. amazing. I know. <laughs> birthday cake. All right. Well, in order to get to the cake, first we must do the science. That is the that is the dessert treat waiting at the end of the internet science. So who's going first? Am I quizzing you or are you quizzing me? Um, I can quiz you. Okay. All right. Okay. So, again, what is so, what am I? Well, yeah. Yeah. Set it up. This quiz is from How Stuff Works, in case you want to play along at home. Okay. And the quiz is called, What Type of Spirit Will You Become When You Die? 